What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and today I am here to talk about the upcoming Bellator card as they take on Risen for the second time. It's a card headlined uh, by Patricky Pitbull against AJ McKee uh, with some other very good fights in it. Now, there is... Um, there's kind of a double card here for Bellator and Risen. I'm going to concentrate mostly uh, on the five Bellator fights, but we will touch just briefly at the end uh, on the, the Risen fights. But um, uh, I, I think it's it's interesting that Bellator continues to do this. Obviously, we know all know about the, the rumors of uh, a Bellator sale or a Bellator merger. So, you know, I hope it isn't, but this could be, you know, this could be the last time we see this uh, for a while. So, uh, look, I, th- I think... I think a lot of people have wanted to see um, cards across promotions for a while. Like we've, we'd love to see, you know, let's say AJ Mickey a lightweight taking on Dustin Poirier. He's fighting on the same night, or you know, uh, Patricio Pitbull taking on Volkanovski, or whatever it might be. Any fight, you know. There's when when MVP came out last week as a, a free agent, everyone's like, "Oh, Wonder Boy versus MVP, a fight I wanted to see for a long time." Look at Wonder Boy up there. Actually, the MVP one fell down. It's just behind me there, <laughs> but that's a fight I wanted to see anyway for years and years and years. Um, and look, Pelator and Risen have given us that. But I think with, um, you know, it's a lot of Bellator fighters that we know and then a lot of Risen fighters that we have to go on Chardog and go on YouTube and go on other places and look up. And that's not to say that they're not good fighters because, you know, doing my research for this card and obviously the last card that we covered as well, we find, you find some, they're very good fighters. And there's a lot of people who watch this scene a lot and a lot of people cover this scene a lot. Um, so I'm not taking anything away. But for me, who covers a lot of MMA, like, for me, Risen is one of those cards that's very hard to watch for me because it's very, very late after an already very, very late card usually. So I'm like, yeah, it's too much. It's, it's almost too much. But um, it it, w- it would be different. Like, let, let's say, look, there's the talk of the Bellator and PFL thing and all, whether that's true or not. We will see in time, but like if it was that, I think it'd be a different sort of thing. But at the same time, right? I'm maybe I'm uh, you know acting like I'm negative on this or something. But I I admire Bellator and Risen for doing it. You know, fair play to them. There's always talk, you know, PFL talk and KSW talk and Bellator and uh, all of them talking. Well, I, I take Bellator side, but none of them have actually done it yet. You know, Cage Warriors who can throw him in there, they've thrown, thrown their at him, but none of them have actually uh, have actually done it. And fair play to him for for going out and doing it. And you know, I I always say as well, whatever you can do in the chasing back to be uh, uh, different, to not have the same homogenized product as the UFC is good. And this is a one thing that the UFC won't do. You know, the UFC won't do tournaments. You do tournaments, you're a little bit different. The UFC won't co-promote. You co-promote, you're a little bit different. You have sponsors. You have proper walkouts. You have, you you know, you have fun. Look at KSW, the promo they did uh, a couple of weeks ago with the, the Baywatch type of thing. Absolutely hilarious and brilliant. You know, the UFC never do things like that. And, you know, they have to kind of farm out their things to, like, comedians and influencers and stuff. And it's just like... Ah, uh, it's not the same. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just it's just not the same. But with that said, uh, let's get into the card. And let's let's talk about it a little bit. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start from the very top. Uh, Patricia Ferreira against uh, against AJ McKee. And you know what? 
when you look at Patricky, you know, even okay, he lost obviously his last fight to Usman or Magomedov. I think we have to start talking about him a, a little bit differently than we did a few years ago. No, not to say you know he's lost three of his last four fights as well. Uh, let me say that uh, as a preface here, but I think. Before that run, like that went through 2017 you know, to 2019, where he beat the likes of Benson Henderson, Josh Thompson, Roger Huerta, you know, um, Kawajiri, and a few more, I think a lot of people looked at him and, you know, he was the, the brother of Patricio. You know, he wasn't as good. And now I'm not, I'm not saying now he is, but what he is is a good fighter. And I think we, sh- we need to acknowledge that he is a good fighter. And, like, I saw him fight. Um, Obviously in 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 Dublin here, and uh, he was very good that night. Obviously, he won in the, in the second round after a good first round as well. And he, there's some fighters you watch live and you see him, and you're like, okay, this guy is like a really good athlete. He hits hard. You know, it takes a good fighter to beat him. And we've seen over the last few fights. You know, it's taken. You know, Peter Queeley beat him, and obviously he got the win back against Queeley. But Mosiah, one of the best lightweights in the world, in in Bellator. Usman or Megamedov, some people might call him the best. Uh, and then it was Michael Chandler all the way back until uh, Derek Anderson lost in 2015. So, like, he's only lost to, you know, some of the the top fighters in the world. I mean, let's say you even take away Queeley, uh, you know, all the rest of those lads have been, you know, top of the top in their relative organizations. You know, and this goes all the way back to 2015 for uh, for Patricio. So, uh, or for Patricky even, and that's a mistake I'll probably make about ten times here. But anyway, um, and like he goes in here against AJ McKee, so it's it's a different kettle of fish, I suppose. But what he has shown, what he has done in that run, is like get big decisive wins. I'm looking at all the records of of all those fights I just spoke about. And it's more, it's nearly all knockouts, like knocked out Queeley, knocked out Gustavo, knocked out Kawajiri. Uh, he did go to the decision against Scope, and that was a relatively close one, but knocked out Huerta, knocked out Campos, knocked out Josh Thompson, and, you know, you go on and on and on, knocked out Ryan Couture even further back than that. Um, and that's what he's going to have to do, I think, uh, against AJ McKee. Um Look, McKee is uh, an absolute beast of a fighter. It's funny to think he's 28 years of age now. He's He still seems to me like, you know, he's the young up-and-coming lad of 22 or 23, but he's 21 fights into his career as well, which is uh, far from that. So, um, look, with AJ, he's one of those guys who the, 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 the record of his wins shows it all. Six KO... Seven submissions, seven decisions. And when you think of like a modern day fighter, I talk a lot about this. Uh, I do a podcast called Speaker's Corner where we talk about like the future of MMA or what it takes to build a great MMA fighter today. Like AJ McKee almost is what we have today. Now, I think there will be, look, we used to look at Rory McDonald. And I think that will change over time. Like it changed, say, from a Rory McDonald to an AJ McKee to whatever's next. Um, But there's this well-rounded skill set. And, like, AJ McKee has been up for submission of the year for, you know, two years in a row between, what, 2020 and 2021 for the uh, the Caldwell neck crank, which was unbelievable, and the, the Patricio um, guillotine as well, which was also unbelievable. Like, and you might look at AJ and you might, you know, watch that fight against, say, Spike, Spike Carlisle, or obviously the eight-second knockout against Georgie Karkanyan, and be mistaken for saying, oh, this guy is uh, a boxer or whatever, uh, you know, a striker. 
But then when he goes to the ground, he's an absolute beast there as well. You know, he's anaconda chokes, arm bars, all different sorts of uh, of ways to win. Um, and it it's almost like this is a bit of a clash of styles here because I think what Patricky has molded himself into like his brother and sometimes sometimes I don't think it's right to compare brothers or compare people for camps because they're often a lot a lot different I, I think the biggest uh, one ever was Sergio Pettis and Anthony Pettis like they, they find nothing alike really and people used to always compare them like why are you comparing these two lads you have one lad who attempts to circle can't do it might catch you with something big and might catch you with a, a submission as well against the guy who can, can kind of control the pace, can throw a jab, can kind of go forward with one twos as a very technical striker when he wants to be, can wrestle as well. Just very different fighters, you know? But for Patricio and Patricky, I don't think that's necessarily the case. They are similar fighters, I think. Now, I think... Um, and here, this is a, maybe a funny way of saying it, but I think what... The limitation that Patricio saw, showed at 135 is almost what Patricky is a little bit. Like, I think what Patricio has over most guys we've seen at 155 and 145 was that he's faster. You know, faster, more athletic, and can use his athleticism. When he went down to 135, he was slower than the aforementioned Sergio Perez, funnily enough, um, but also didn't have the pop because of that big weight cut and everything like that. Patricky, what he has been able to do against... uh, guys who maybe aren't of the athletic ability of, say, his brother or of Sergio Pettis or of AJ McKee, um, is fight a similar sort of smart, intelligent game plan and win that way with his power. Like, he, there's no doubt about it, he is a powerful guy and he, he fights a smart game plan. And what, what is that game plan, basically? It's basically be comfortable in the pocket, wait for your opponent to make a mistake, Be ver- and by, by comfortable, I mean defensively comfortable more than anything else, and strike with that big shot. Against AJ McKee, I think that's very difficult. Now, with AJ as well, over the last you know number of fights, we've seen him fight, I think, in different styles. Like against Spike Carlisle, he came out and he was guns a-blazing, right? The very fight before that against Patricio Ferreira, and maybe this is why he was more like, I'm going to take my time, I'm going to be solid, I'm going to win this fight, you know, and then he ended up losing that, and it was a, a relatively controversial decision. I think there was definitely some conjecture over it. Um... But what way is he going to fight now? You know, what way is it going to be different? Like, it's a it's a very interesting one. Like, he came out and hit Patricio the first time very hard, almost finished him, and then ended up um, um, uh, submitting him against Darian Caldwell. You know, you know, got taken down, but ended up submitting him very quickly as well. There wasn't much of that fight to go, but. It's interesting to see how he fights this fight against almost a carbon copy of Patricio. And now we've seen him fight Patricio twice, but differently twice. Um, and I just wonder, and I look, this is probably my, my call on it, but I do think he will fight a lot differently in this fight than he did in the second Patricio fight. I don't think he'll be sitting on his laurels. I don't think he'll be taking his time. I don't think he will be throwing his nice jabs and nice one-twos and out, trying to outpoint uh, Patricky here. I don't, I don't see it. Um, I think he will realise what he did against Patricio first time out uh, was the success 
was the key to success and try to do it here. And what is that? I know not not that he necessarily did this in the first fight, but I think the key to success against either the, the Fahea brothers is not allowed him to be defensively comfortable in the pocket. Not allowed him to put on that countering pressure game that I you know I've called it for for years now some people do it like look a famous one that did it was obviously Conor McGregor who pressures you pressures you pressures you and encounters you um or creates an opening for himself with like a spin kick or maybe even the jab and then hits the big left hand whereas the the Ferreras are more about the kind of wait and methodical and boom start to pace but they can only really do that if they are the ones on the front foot, uh, front foot, as the Sergio Pettis um, fight really showed with Patricio. So push Patricky back if you're AJ McKee, get him on the back foot, maybe even throwing a few takedowns there. But I do think he has the ability to land a few big shots in the field. I think he'll want to make a point as well about this fight. Because um, we all know that third fight against Patricio is going to happen at some stage, even though they're, they're a few weight classes apart now. But I, I do think that will happen. But you know, if you don't beat his brother, that's, I don't think that is going to happen. So, um, yeah, that wouldn't be my call on this one. I think AJ McKee will win. That's my prediction. I think he will win going forward. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, uh, I suppose, just for the other side of it, then, like, Petricky needs, you know, he needs to keep that pressure. He needs to make him pay. He needs to land big shots. Like, if AJ is jabbing into range and trying to push him back, hit him. Hit him. Throw that right hand, throw that left hook, throw that leg kick, and make him pay for it. You know, absolutely make him pay. But I don't think he can, and I think AJ McKee will win that fight. Um, next one I want to talk about is uh, Kyoji Haraguchi in the uh, flyweight title fight against uh, Makoto Takahashi. Um, obviously we all know Kyoji Haraguchi's been around for a long time, 32 years of age now, 36 fights into his uh, career. Um, Takahashi also known as Shinru as I, my, my uh, YouTube, um, what well, well, YouTubing, I suppose. I was going to say YouTube Googling, but my YouTube searching had me find him. He's only 23 years of age, 17 fights into his career, but he's on a, a massive run. He only lost, as I said, once in his career. He's one draw as well, sorry, in there. So what is it? 16, one and one. Um, hasn't lost since back in 2018. Has been on a, a massive run uh, since then. Obviously, fight, you know, fighting in Risen. He'd won fighting uh, CFFC, fought deep a couple of times as well. But he has uh, a bit of Bellator experience. He fought there back in 2019 uh, against uh, Nakamura when the, the Fedor and Rampage card happened in the, uh, in the Saitama Super Arena at Bellator 237. So, you know, I went and I watched, uh, I watched a bit of him. And uh, he's a very funky ground fighter, is what I would say about him. Um, watch one of his recent fights, and he did something that I, I don't think I've, I've probably seen it a couple of times. You've seen everything in MMA, but you very, you don't see it often. And I actually saw him doing it in two of his fights. He takes the back, and then he controls the arm like inside his leg, like he traps the arm behind your back. So when you're um, defending the rear naked chokes, you've only one arm to defend it. And he's like really, really, really good at doing that. Now he only has four submissions um, uh, in his career. One of one of which is a flying guillotine joke. I didn't manage to see that now, but I, I do need to go and see it. But um, you know, 
all of those were in his last what six fights all since 2020 he has that that one i'm just mentioned he's a ninja chuck he's a guillotine and an arm triangle and you can see by the way he fights he's obviously become more of that in in his last few fights than he was before brilliant transitions very fast um lo- like when uh, loves to you, you see what mma a lot these days right it's it's you know position over submission or once you get your position you control your position and it's not that he doesn't do that right but he does love a pass you know and i i i myself if i'm trying to try my opinion here on it and on like the judging or whatever i actually think passing in mma is less beneficial now than it ever has been unless you can do it very successfully very often but anyway we leave that to bed for another while but he doesn't always even have to do that because he just he pulls guard sometimes. And you know, one thing I would say about him is that he's very, very, very strong. Um, he's a southpaw. He he attacks hard. Um, he's a nice jab. But the one thing you'd say about it, you, and, and like I watched the fights and I went and looked at his record, and I wasn't surprised to see in those what eighteen fights he has zero knockouts doesn't have the most power and i think that is definitely a, an issue for him uh but look oh on my notes here i've written all he needs is a leg <laughs> you know he catches onto that leg and his back takes are unbelievable his ground game is is second to none absolutely brilliant <clears throat> and you know what it's been funny for for Hariguchi because um uh, his opponent in his last fight, Hiro Massa, we talked about that, and he's actually fighting on the risen portion uh, of uh, of this card as well. Um, and just to mention that, I suppose he's fighting Juan Arquilet. I, I believe that's on, on short notice, and that's going to be for the their bantamweight title over there. Um, uh, you know, he's a very, um, I suppose, wrestling-minded fighter as well, or ground-minded fighter. And for Haraguchi to go from him into into Shinru is, is is very tough matchmaking on him, especially, you know, coming out of that run where, you know, he lost, what, uh, three of his four fights against Pachi Mix, against Sergio Perez, and against uh, Kaya Sakura, even though he was able to beat him, uh, obviously, in the uh, in the rematch. But it's um it's been it's been a tough enough um a tough enough matchmaking journey, even though maybe you would say, if you were to just look at the names, maybe you wouldn't say that necessarily. But it, how did he beat um, uh, Hiromasa Okikubu? Uh, 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 he look, he beat him by not allowing him to be the dominant wrestler. You know, when he did wrestle, he was able to get in top. When it did strike, he won the striking. And that was, look, that's the analysis coming into it, and that's the analysis coming into this as well. If Shinru pulls guard and gets on top of you or sorry if he pulls guard and gets under you get on top of him and hit him as hard as you possibly can and win that or get out on the feet you're like Haraguchi's a fantastic striker he's athletic strong hits hard one of the fastest fighters we've ever seen um you have to make him pay um if you're Haraguchi but you even that goes even tenfold for Shinru you have to make him pay if you if you are uh, uh, if you are Shinro because if you get a chance on the ground you have to submit him. That that's the only way you're winning this fight. Like you're not winning it by decision. You're not knocking him out. You have to submit him. Um, and he has five rounds to do it. Can he do it? You know what? He's very good. But like, 
as someone who's only maybe been very good at submitting lads for the last three years, is that going to be enough against someone like Haraguchi, who, as I said, what is he, 36 fights into his career, made his debut all the way back in 2010? It's it's going to be tough. It's going to be very, very, very tough. Uh, and I, I think I, I'm definitely picking Haraguchi coming into uh, coming into that one. Um just on the reason card as well, I might as well talk about it a little bit here. Uh, now that I mentioned it, and that that Arkeleta fight against uh, Hiramasa, like he, you know, he fought Araguchi and lost him uh, at Christmas Eve or on New Year's Eve, but and he lost his fight before that actually as well. But he'd been on a great run before that. He'd beaten the aforementioned Kaya Sakura. Um, you know, he's a lot of submission wins, a lot of decisions as well, mostly decisions. But look at Arkeleta now, like thirty-two fights into his career, getting on at thirty-five years of age, and you know, it's the two reason. Uh, you know, obviously he's he's been in reason now after being in Bellator lost. In Bellator a couple of times, lost the Sats and lost the Pettis, but he has beaten Enrique Barzola, one of my favorite fighters. He's a win over Patchy Mix, you know, who... Is it, is it hard to argue that Patchy Mix is the best 135 pounder in the world at the moment? It, look, it probably is hard to argue that, but I, I wouldn't call you a fool if you try it, though, you know, and he has a win over him, so you get the win here, and, in, in, and it's going to be a massive thing. Look, he, look at his record, and he's 11 knockouts, one submission. And that's what Archuleta is like. He, he, this is a fight I think will probably go to a decision. I think there will be a fair bit of wrestling uh, out of Hiramasa, but I think Archuleta has the ability, I suppose, to keep it on the feet for long enough. And I would fancy Archuleta uh, in that one. And just to mention some of the other fights as well, um, um, uh, Mikuru Asukara is fighting for the featherweight title uh, against Karamov there. Um, uh, Tafik Masayev, I mentioned earlier as well, the fight Nakira had on this card. There is a um, a few other fights on the card as well. I'm sure you'll be uh, you tuning in to see that. But back, I suppose, to the Bellator card here. Um, and the next fight I want to talk about is Kanawanatabe against um, Artega, and then we will we'll finish it out with the two smashing fights between uh, oh, I'll tell you about them in a minute but Wanatabe is you know a steady orthodox fighter not the fastest fighter in the world but very relaxed takes a lot of shots but very strong can keep going um, she took uh, Elira Joanna down with an arm throw last time out likes to catch the singles as I said, heavy on top but needs to have ga- that control ne- needs a slower pace and Vita Ortega is the exact opposite. <laughs> you know, she is a pressure fighter, relentless. Um, she got a lovely guillotine against uh, against Denise Kielholz. And, you know, that's, I think, that's the, the winning and losing of the fight. I think Wanatabe will probably be the favorite here. Um, look, she lost last time out to Lima McFarlane. She lost to Liz Carmouche as well, who are... Has it been made yet? But they're likely the two fighting for the, the title next. Um, and for... You know, uh, Vita Ortega, she's seven and five in her career. But watching a couple of fights, I, I don't think, I don't think that is fair. Like, look at the people she's lost to. She's lost to Inabala, Samos, uh, Alejandra Lara, Alima McFarlane, Bruna Ellen, uh, and uh, a fight you know back in Bellator against Yankova uh, in 2016 as well. Now she hasn't had that many fights, you know, um, but in that division, um, I think. You know, the flyweight title, as I said, will be on the line between the two I just mentioned. You look at Wanatabe, who 
you know, she puts on a few wins, and I think you know the 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 they love um, the Bellator. Absolutely love the the Japanese market, and if he keeps going there, they would love to do a fight with her there. I'm sure for the title and for Ortega, she's an exciting fighter, and always when exciting fighters uh, are in the mix, they have a better chance. But look, both coming off of um, both coming off of losses, it will take another while. But look, I. Um, I think one Tabib will win, but I would not rule out Ortega. Maybe watch the betting show this week, and uh, when uh, the prices I don't think are out yet, but when they do come out, I'd be interested to see how they go. Uh, one of my favorite fights this month, and maybe even this year, is Magomed Magomedov against Danny Sabatello. I love when two uh, wrestlers go at it, and they're like, I, I, and I feel like, look, sometimes two wrestlers go at it and it turns into uh, a bad kickboxing match. But with this one, I feel like someone will win the wrestling game, and I feel like someone will go for it uh, in the wrestling game. Um, and I just want to see that battle. You know, um, Danny Sabatello gave up his his pretty long unbeaten run. He, I know he lost there with Rivera back in the day, but he was unbeaten in Bellator. Lost to Rafi and starts by a close enough split decision. Although no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't the closest. Uh, it was there was there was a certain man who had that in a split decision and, and no one else. But look, he's beaten Brett Chance, he's beaten Jernel Lugo, he's beaten uh, Leandro Higo. And for Magomed Magomedov, like when he started that tournament, he was my number one. He was my favorite. Everyone, I suppose, when Peter Yan was the champion, went back and watched their fights and the way he'd beaten Peter Yan back in 2016, I think showed to everyone what a, what a good fighter he is. He comes into Bellator, he puts away two guys very, very easily and he's gone into that Stotts fight and you're thinking, okay, he's going to win this and he's going to win this tournament. Loses to Stotts uh, in a, a fantastic performance by Stotts. Beats Barzola So gets back on track But then loses To, to Patchy Mix And the, actually The Stats one Was before the tournament Wasn't it I think Yeah so But that win For Patchy Mix Was massive for Mix And I think Turned around his Not necessarily his career But how people view him As a top fighter But for Magomedov It almost did the opposite So this is his opportunity To I suppose To climb Into that mix again Because if you do beat Sabatello Um you're again viewed as a top fighter. Now, who's <laughs> Sabatello? Three knockouts uh, in his career, four for uh, for Magomedov. They're similar enough records, a few submissions and a few decisions each as well. You know, basically the same in terms of percentages there. Um, if it get like if it gets on the feet, I feel like Magomedov is probably a slightly better technician, and maybe Sabatello will hit harder. Um, but, you know, we saw Sabatello in that uh, Raffian Stats fight and, you know, how long ago was that? Now, let me just uh, let me just have a look here on SureDog.com. It was, it was, it was what, to December 2022. Where are we now? It was only eight months ago. It feels a lot longer than he's had one fight since. But I wonder how much he's striking has come on since then. You know, he still is 30 years of age only, which is young enough. I know Megamed, Megamed of us 31, but I feel like with 22 fights, he's been around a lot longer. And, you know, when you're fighting Yan three or four years ago or five years ago it's it's a it's a bit different so uh maybe sabatello has come on enough but any striking if it does turn into a striker match but what if it doesn't what if this is um what if this is a wrestling match who's going to win that wrestling match i think sabatello will definitely be backing himself i think magomedov will be backing himself as well I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't really have a pick for this. As I said, wait for the betting show and I'll give you my pick. For a bundle, I'll give you my pick here. I'm going to... 
I'm going to go for Sabatello. I, even though I've been on the Mega Med, Mega Med I've trained for a long time, I'm going to go for Sabatello here. Um, yeah. a, a fight that's going to be very opposite to that, I think, is Andrei Koreshkov versus Lorenz Larkin. Look, they're two lads who can wrestle, but they don't much. Um, now, they might, you know, you never know, they might switch it up in here and everything, but got a, two, two of my favorite fighters for a very, very long time, knockout artists. Uh, let's just look at it here. 20... Uh, 14 knockouts for Koreshkov in his career, 13 knockouts for Lorenz Larkin in his career. And I'll be honest with you, lads, Lorenz is 36 years of age now, turns 37 in in just over two months. And there was a a point in his career, you know, when he lost two Bellator fights. And I think that was the point that I was like, well, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe he's done now, maybe... Maybe that that's you know not 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 for him anymore. But he turned it around. You know, obviously this is a rematch, and it was a split decision the last time. Um, but like the knockouts, uh, last time especially over Berkamov after no contest before that, knocking out Kyle Stewart, uh, beating uh, Rafael Carvalho. It's been a great run. He hasn't lost since that Paul Daly fight in two thousand and seventeen, and. Um, I, I think this will be a different sort of fight to the first one because I think someone is getting knocked out here. Is my is my opinion on it? Um, I think I think the monsoon has always been like as I said earlier with the the Patri- uh, Patricio brothers, Patricio brothers, not Patricio brothers, Fahea brothers, <laughs> Pitbull brothers. That was the one I was looking for. Uh, they're kind of that look for that one big shot. He's always been like that, but I think he's more like that now. And I think Koreshkov is probably a better all-around fighter now, which will actually make uh, Larkin look for that big shot even more. And that left hook, everyone knows about that left hook. It's absolutely amazing. It's a, it's an absolutely brilliant shot. You just wonder as well, will someone, I said it at the start and, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek maybe, will someone throw in a takedown? Will someone try to kind of uh, change it up a little bit? But, you know, as the first fight goes... I think the second fight probably will as well in terms of it being close, but I do think there will be some sort of game changer here. You know, as good and all as Arkin has been, he has taken a few knockouts in his career. Not too many, you know. Obviously, Paul Daly was one, and there was one a good few years before that against Costa Philip, which is we're nearly going back 10 years now at this stage, but Koreshkov is has the power to do it. Larkin has the power to do it, and I like it. I, I'm going to go with... Um, uh, I, mm, I, I'm going to go with Larkin He's impressed me an awful lot over the last while Okay, he did win the first fight Split decision and all of that I, I do like Koreshkov's Like his improvements throughout the years He is only 32 So he has the age on his side But it's uh, it's a very interesting fight And definitely one that I'll be uh, I'll be tuning in to watch So, yeah, that is the um, That's the full Bellator card Obviously I've touched on the Risen card as well So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it Uh, The the tournament goes on Obviously uh, Did I mention that the Obviously the main event Is is one of the big tournament fights um, And we move forward with that uh, Lightweight as well as uh, The flyweight title And much more So I believe it there My name is Sean Sheehan For SureDog.com And I'll see you all Next time